It's time for an edition of Bent News. I'm Ray Coob. I'm Marcus Goldman. And when you need to know... Get bent, Marjorie Taylor Greene. <laughs> the Rolling Stones 60 tour, marking 60 years of the band, has uh, embarked, has left the station, starting in Madrid, Spain. Oh, my. It was Ronnie Wood's 75th birthday, Marcus. I saw that, and it was also the first European show they had ever played without the legendary Charlie Watts. Somehow his presence was felt as his birthday was the next day. It's really hard to wrap your head around the fact that the Rolling Stones are playing a show without Charlie Watts. It really is. I mean, I know he passed away a while ago, a little while ago, but it's so surreal still. Some people are saying that this will finally be the last time the Rolling Stones do a tour, and that'll include a return to America after this current European tour. You know what happened in Madrid, Marcus? Something that hasn't happened in all the years that you've lived on this planet, out of time, performed for the people of Madrid early in the show. And you don't know what's going on. You've been away for much too long. You can't come back and say you are still mad. You're out of touch, oh baby. You're Wow, I wonder what compelled them to actually do a song like that that they hadn't done. When we get Jagger on here, we'll talk to him about it. You and I both saw something before we went to press this morning that really pissed us off because people just will not leave Eddie Van Halen and his legacy and his family alone. Can I say that? You can say that. I can't believe that people are doing that. And this latest thing is ridiculous. Wolfgang Van Halen is blasting reels over the Eddie Van Halen autopsy episode. I didn't even know about this show until I read this article. I don't understand why people are digging into these weird fucking conspiracy theories regarding the death of Eddie Van Halen and all that nonsense. I don't know about any conspiracy theories, and I really don't give a shit. All I know is what Wolfgang said, is that it's disgusting that a man who died of cancer would be the subject of a show that's meant to be about these really bizarre deaths and strange unsolved murders type things. It's really clickbait journalism at its worst. And it just ticks me off because through all this and all the different things that have been said and done, they just keep picking at him and picking at him. And the fact of the matter is, this is a young man who is still trying to recover from the death of his father. Ticks me off, man. I know we're doing news, but Jesus. Sometimes with the news goes a reality slap, and this is kind of a reality slap that people need. Leave that fucking story alone. I think as a culture, there's too many people who are drawn into it, that kind of shit, that kind of drag, and they can't help themselves. It's sad. It's a sad reflection, actually. Well, we talked on Bent News, Marcus, about the unexpected reunion of porno for pyros, and they're going to do it again. Not one, but two shows. They've got one July 30th at the Metro in Chicago, and then the next day they're playing Lollapalooza on July 31st. And 
The reason, that club show, man. Yeah. That club show. Dude, it's going to be so cool club. if you can get in. Yep. And the reason for this is, is because Dave Navarro's been struggling with his battle recovering from COVID. He has long COVID pretty badly, and he knows at some point he'll get back to 100%. But now he is still feeling those long-term effects, and he's pretty beaten up and not able to give to us what he feels he needs to and wants to give to be able to perform at the level he loves to perform at. Navarro's comment, been sick since December and supposedly will be back to my old self in dot, dot, dot. Nobody knows how long. And that's the problem with long COVID. Stay safe out there. Marcus, after we went to deadline last week, one of our favorites, Andy Fletcher from Depeche Mode, passed away just 60 years old. I know. It was so shocking when we found that out. And I can't believe he passed away at such a young age. Some of his uh, mates in England had some really nice things to say in memory of Fletch. Lowell Tolhurst of The Cure said, I knew Andy and considered him a friend. We crossed many of the same pathways as younger men. My heart goes out to his family, bandmates, and DM fans. Yazoo singer Allison Moyer, who recorded on the same record label as Depeche Mode, said she knew Fletcher from childhood. I have just heard the news since we were 10. Same estate, classmates to label mates. He who kept faith with all the old gang and they with him. It doesn't compute. Fletch, I have no words. Gone too young. Andy Fletcher, age 60. Right at deadline last week, we reported the death of Alan White of Yes. And over the next few days, we watched the love flow in for Alan and, and everything that he did in music. And one of the people that was very close to him and really took it hard is somebody I know, Joe Camo. Uh, he's been a singer with uh, Liege Lord and Annihilator and Overkill. And I want to read the note that he posted just the other day. He said, it took me nearly a week to write this because frankly, there are no words. So I'm going to try to find the words now. I'll just say that we all lost a wonderful man last week. Alan White of Yes has passed away. He was a great drummer and musician who played with Yes, John Lennon, George Harrison, the Plastic Ono Band, Joe Cocker, and Ginger Baker, among others. He was an even greater man. Humble, sweet, warm, and with the biggest heart. His light will always shine. Alan, you touched my life so many positive ways. I will always be grateful. Those are words of a friend, of a younger guy. Pistols fans, check your in-bin on Hulu. It's out since the 31st, Marcus. Anson Boone, who plays Johnny Rotten in Pistol, ended up having to get physical therapy after filming this little miniseries because the job was very challenging in so many ways. And he also let people know that he kind of feels sad or regrets the fact that he didn't get Johnny's blessing for his role. I I don't know what to make of that because we all know since the beginning of this, Johnny has been very upset about it. My guess is that he wasn't given enough creative consulting in it and it was told from Steve Jones' perspective due to the fact that it was based on Steve Jones' book and Johnny didn't like some of the ways that people were Why does he get that? Why is it so hard for him to understand that? I don't know. Is he such a child? Yes. Boone said that despite not having a lot of help from Lydon, he enjoyed portraying his rancid brilliance, but that the contortions that he had to get into to do the stage stuff day after day and hour after hour when they were doing takes caused him physical pain. I haven't seen it yet, Marcus. You get a chance to check this out? 
I have not seen it yet either. I am curious. You always are curious since you're like seven, right? Oh, even before then, I think. <laughs> I found a bunch of stuff that we need to get people updated on in regards to last week's episode about the Ravers. The first one I looked into because I really wanted to know the original source of Train Kept a Rolling. Tiny Bradshaw, 1951. It was kind of like a jump blues. We've talked about jump songs or jump blues uh, in the past. So he borrowed lyrics from an earlier song and put them in that upbeat shuffle that made it his thing. And then Johnny Burnett and the Rock and Roll Trio made it their thing before Aerosmith and Yardbirds made it their thing. One of those songs, Train Kept a Rolling, there's the roots of it. And I think it's safe to say that we're going to have another episode about the Ravers. I think there's a very high likelihood of that happening as well. The Ravers are a blast. And in Ravers 2, we've got to talk more about Dorsey Burnett, Johnny's older brother, who was also in the rock and roll trio. I, Ray Coop, made a mistake, Marcus. What? Man enough to admit, that's right. What? All throughout the Ravers episode, whenever we were talking about the shadows, I always said Cliff Richards with an S, and Sir Cliff Richard has no S. And I guess it's because it's reverse conditioning, because Keith Richards always got called Keith Richard when he was a kid, maybe because of Cliff Richard. And so I've always thought of Cliff Richard as Cliff Richards. Apology to your mom. Apology accepted. No, not your mom, his mom. Everybody accepts the apology, though, I'm just saying. And the more I think about the Ravers, which is a lot, I, I got to admit, Marcus, I've been thinking about them and listening to them a lot. I realized that there's this album from Robert Gordon in my vinyl collection. I should take it to Vinyl Night at Crooked Eye next June. Mm-hmm. It's an album called Fresh Fish Special with Link Ray as a guest performer, okay? Whoa. And that's where I first think I heard The Way I Walk or, you know, got reminded of it in my baby brain. The way I walk is just the way I walk. The way I talk is just the way I talk. The way I smile is just the way I smile. Touch me, baby, and I go home wide. The way I love is just the way I love. Come on and be my little turtle dove. Touch me, baby, it feels so good. I feel as though I want to, then I don't know if I should. The original by Jack Scott, which we talked about. Robert Gordon's version. Wow. Also on that album, Eddie Cochran's 20 Flight Rock. And then also on that album, Fever, the Little Willie John song, Fever. Oh, yeah. Right? And a Bruce song, his version of Fire, which had a kind of a rockabilly flavor to it. Mm Mm-hmm. Remember the song Sea Cruise? No. Written by the great Huey Smith, Sea Cruise. And 
by the way, on that album, in addition to Link Ray, he had the Jordan Ayers, Elvis's backup singers on vocals, went down to Tennessee specifically to record them. Yeah, I'm learning all kinds of weird shit about the Ravers and the, and the next generation of Ravers always learning more. It's so much fun and a little weird. <laughs> well, you can't tell it by today, Marcus, but we're on the front edge of summer, and that's why we're doing this week's episode... I'm excited for us to roll out our five favorite songs of summer. We had fun getting this episode ready, thinking about all of the summer songs that have touched us over the decades, like seriously decades. And I can tell you for a fact that if we were to do another list next summer, it would be completely different. Maybe one or two songs the same because our listening will change. And because that's the way our fucking brains work. Yeah. (laughs) Given. (laughs) You know, we're sitting here talking and I'm listening to you explain it. And a song is playing in my head. I've got an earworm for I see you in September. It's an end of the school year summer song, right? Or will I lose you to the summer love? Is that Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons? <laughs> I don't Hold know of it. Oh, look. Instant text from the research department under the wire. It was a band called The Happenings. I never remembered their what? of them. Out of Patterson, New Jersey. I'll bet your mom knows them. Let me ask her. She may even know the singer, Bob Miranda. The Happenings. Jersey Boys. But not Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons Jersey Boys. So, that mystery solved... We will give you our five favorite songs of summer. It's a fun episode, and it does a pretty good job of setting the tone, I think. I agree, and hopefully you will share with us your five favorite summer songs as well, and then we'll have summer song parties all summer long. Summer, summer, summer. Thank you, Rick Ocasek. (laughs) Produced by Dark Duck Media for the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll. And that's going to do it for this edition of Bent News. I'm Ray Coob. I'm Marcus Goldman. Cackling like a maniac. You dick. (laughs) Sorry, that's a Ron Burgundy moment. And this is Bent News when you need to know. Get bent. Oh!